0: Hello and welcome back to a brand new season of the Everyday Christian podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green. This is a podcast where we remind ourselves that God deserves every praise from every creature every day. So we want to always do our best to be everyday Christians, not just Christians on Sundays and Wednesdays, but all the time. This is season number six of the podcast, and this is episode one. I want to thank you for tuning back in, of course, as the listener and we have David Stafford with us on the podcast this week. He's been on the podcast uh, before a time or two, and we're talking about a very important subject, and uh, that is modesty. Now, David, the summer is almost over uh, when this podcast is, is going to air um, in August, but hopefully by this time of year, our listeners are well aware of the reason why we need to be discussing this and uh, the church definitely cannot afford to remain silent on an important topic such as this. So What do you think about that?
1: I wholeheartedly agree and you know at the timing that this will be that this will be airing uh you know it really doesn't matter what time because sure. we see men and women dressing sadly immodest immodestly all times during the year. Yep. Uh, so it it really is always a relevant topic uh but we we know that the summer especially seems to be when uh sadly some people forget about concept of modesty
0: exactly and and there's definitely you know there's always the old excuse, well, it's hot, so we'll just take off more clothes or whatever, but that's that's totally inappropriate for a Christian, but even in the winter, I remember when I was in college, uh there would be bitter cold days and and the young ladies at college would still be walking around with short shorts on and It's just uh, it's very unfortunate that our society has devolved this much when it comes to uh, modesty. So as we begin, I know this is a touchy subject. Uh, A lot of folks do not want to touch this subject. Why do you think that is, David?
1: Well, modesty sometimes is like money. You know, some people don't believe it's our business uh, to discuss it, but uh, that's far from the truth. Uh, anything that the Bible discusses, uh, even though it might be a little difficult at times to discuss it, it still needs to be discussed. Um, you might remember acts twenty uh, verses twenty six and twenty seven you know when Paul's meeting with the Ephesian elders at Miletus, and he's you know he he says, Wherefore I take you to record this day that I' am pure from the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God' And, you know, it was needful for Paul to speak everything, to speak the truth, even if it were if even if it had to do with some things that were not so easy for him to address. I'm sure it wasn't easy for him to to address that there's going to be people coming from among your own selves, uh, not sparing the flock. I'm sure that wasn't easy for him to say, but he had to say it anyway.
0: Right. Exactly. You know, this is a controversial subject. It shouldn't be. I mean, it really should be super plain black and white of a subject, but it's not because of the society that we live in. We live in a postmodernistic society that believes, you know, you can't tell me what to do. You can't tell me how to dress. Uh, Don't judge me. This this sort of thing. Um, And, you know, hyperfeminism or radical feminism affects this subject as well. And the fashion industry. As well as sportswear, you know, athletic wear, uh, gym wear type industries, they're pushing heavily uh, in modesty, and when that takes place, there's a tremendous amount of peer pressure to conform. Well, everybody else is wearing this extremely tight, revealing, uh, short shorts, gym wear, or what have you, or, or or other items, and and so people that go to the gym, for instance, let's say. Well, they want to be like everybody else, and they want to wear those things also. You know, you think about uh, sports uh, clothing or you know, like let's say the cheer team um, cheerleading. The skirts are getting shorter and shorter. The uh, tops are revealing more and more. And you can't tell me that it's it's not totally inappropriate. it is it is beyond inappropriate the things that most modern cheerleaders are wearing today. Is there anything? Inherently wrong with being a cheerleader. No, but when they're wearing the things that they are, that is inherently wrong. And, uh, you know, what young lady wants to be the one cheerleader on the team that is wearing, uh, you know, a, a jumpsuit that actually is modest, you know, and everybody else is wearing the skimpy cheerleading outfit. Uh, young ladies, typically they, they don't want to stand out in that way. And so or they do. They can form. They, they wear the things they shouldn't be wearing, and it's just a major, major problem. So, uh, again, we can <clears throat> we can talk about this subject from all different kinds of angles, you know, uh, going swimming and, and things that are usually worn in that situation, uh, the water park, uh, et cetera. There's just a lot of of different ways that immodesty is rearing its ugly head in society today.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, I would add, you know, we, uh, our daughter is four years old. She's going to be five in August. And there were some family members who were wanting her to go to a cheer camp. And, you know, we said no, uh, yeah. because you know, what's going to happen, you know, even though she's four years old, people might say the argument, well, she's just young, but mm-hmm. when do you start teaching your children about what's modest to wear? Do you start when they're. 14, 15 years old, or do you start when they're younger, when they're at the beginning?
0: If you wait till they're 14 or 15, you're going to have a rebellion on your hands and it's way too late. Yeah. Um, And, you know, let's say, well, okay, well, at at age five, maybe depending on the school, maybe the outfit is modest, maybe. But what happens the next year, those hmm. seam lines and things start to creep up a little bit. And then the next year they creep up a little bit more. And by the time they're preteen, they're wearing things that are just totally inappropriate. So why even head down that road, you know? Today, yeah. um, so oftentimes we hear people say regarding this particular subject, "Oh, well, that's just your opinion. Uh, you can't bind that." But is mod is modesty subjective like that? Um, is it just cultural? What do you think about those two things?
1: Well, <clears throat> I would like to add this. You know our our country pre-1960s, I think had more of an understanding of modesty. It was the nineteen sixties when the country really started taking a turn for the worse. If you really look at history, like Mary Quaint, the British fashion designer who invented the miniskirt, when when was that done? That was in this 1960s. But from, you yeah, know, we have to remember that culture doesn't determine or regulate what's right, you know, Christ does, the authority of Christ, Colossians 3.17. Some people have bought into the idea that it's my body, my choice, and they're not the ones to advocate abortion, but they apply that kind of logic, which really is not logical, uh, to the idea of clothing. They would never, ever commit an abortion, uh, but they apply that to, well, I can wear whatever I want to wear, and the truth is, modesty is is discussed in the scriptures. And what we ought to be thinking, or we ought, we ought to be saying, is God is sovereign. He's creator. He's authoritative. And I should be bowing down to Him and surrendering my will to His will, and doing whatever He's commanded to do. So it's not a subjective thing. It is objective. It's uh, right or wrong.
0: Right. You're exactly right. Um, you know, modesty is not in the realm of opinion. It is. In the realm of black and white, right and wrong, uh, it's not subjective. As far as cultural, you know, sometimes the accusation is, well, depending on the culture, you can wear this or that. So when we're evangelizing native tribes in uh, Africa or South America or India or, or what have you, and let's say that we come across a tribe that runs around naked, totally, totally naked, and we're evangelizing them, if modesty is cultural, then we don't have to tell them to repent of that. They can just keep running around naked. It's not cultural. Um, We have to teach them as part of our evangelizing them. Hey, uh, part of part of uh, the truth of God's word as we're evangelizing you is you need to cover yourself. You you need to no longer remain naked. So it's not cultural, uh, regardless of what people try to say about that. Um, When you preach on modesty, David, what are some things that you try to make sure and cover? And I know there's a lot. Uh, just k- kind of give us the highlights, I guess.
1: Well, uh, one of the things I like to do is do an uh, exegesis on First Timothy 2, 9 and 10. And I know that the context is of the public assembly. Now, Paul's talking about praying a will that, that men pray for all kings and all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. Uh, he regulates prayer to be led by public by public prayer through men, 1 Timothy two eight, and then verse number nine, he's you know he he uh, introduces the idea and like men are also. This is from the King James, but it says that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness. the King James version, I believe, it says propriety, and it says in sobriety not with broided hair, gold, or pearls, or costly array, but which becometh women professing godliness with good works. The word adorn is from a word which means to arrange or to put in order. The word modest is from a similar word, cosmeos. The other word is cosmeo. This is cosmeos. It means to orderly, well-arranged, or decent. Well, we have to ask the question, who determines what's decent and what's indecent? Is it me? Or is it God? And then shamefacedness or propriety is from a word that means a sense of shame, bashfulness. According to Thayer' definition, having a sense of shame, and you might might be reminded of Jeremiah six fifteen. You know, and you you have to think in mind. You know, God is addressing His own people from that perspective, who had fallen away. They they had apostatized. Were they ashamed when they committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed, neither could they blush. Uh, And so Paul is telling them, look, there needs to be a sense of shame. And this sobriety is a word that means soundness of mind, can also be translated as self-control. And having our faculties, having control over those things. And the point that Paul's making is don't dress to distract. Uh, and that could be with putting on way too much clothing or wearing too many lavish things. In our situation, so often it is women and men, I would like to add, not wearing enough clothing or clothing that's tight or in other ways inappropriate. Another passage I like to allude to is Proverbs 7.10, and Solomon makes the point that there is the attire of an harlot or prostitute And you and I know, not to get too detailed, but prostitutes are not known for wearing heavy clothing. They're not known for wearing clothing that conceals. They're known for wearing little clothing that reveals. Yeah, clothing
0: that invites one to that.
1: Entices, yes. (laughs) And so we have to ask ourselves, are we wanting to wear something that would be associated with what a prostitute would wear? That's a good question that all women and men should ask themselves: Do I really want to be associated with something that a prostitute would wear?
0: Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I think also First Peter three, um, in that context, first several verses of of First uh, Peter chapter three, wives are told how they need to be submissive to their husbands, and in so doing, let's say that they don't have a faithful husband, faithful Christian, they might can win him to Christ through being the way that they should be as, as godly wives, but it goes on in verse two and following. It says when they observe your chaste conduct, you know, appropriate holy conduct accompanied by fear, fear of who fear of God. That's, that's the reason that uh, they should act in this way. Do not let your adornment be merely outward arranging the hair, wearing gold or putting on fine apparel. You know, it's not, well, look at me, you know, don't, don't dress to be noticed, so to speak. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty. And I love that phrase, incorruptible beauty. I preached a sermon one time called incorruptible beauty, a a sermon on modesty. And that's a a good way to approach it. Uh, Incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. For in this manner, in former times, the holy women who trusted in God also adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, etc., the point being, you know, there's a godly way to dress. There's an ungodly way to dress. And when, when people are out and about noticing us, they should notice right off the bat, Hey, there's something different about these people. What what's what's the difference? Well, they're Christians. And one of the ways that they, they should notice that we're different from the world around us is that we appropriately dress ourselves. And, uh, the, uh, The spirit, the quiet, gentle spirit of of God described beautiful woman here in First Peter chapter three truly is a virtue that, unfortunately, I think has been lost on much of society as a whole.
1: Yes, and to add what you were saying, you know, Mary Quaint, the British fashion designer, admitted. That the miniskirt was for decoration, provocation, and look at me, and yeah. the scriptures teach us the very opposite. We're not trying to do something that's going to draw too much attention to us. Uh, we're trying to live in such a way that the attention is on Christ. Right. And, uh,
0: yeah, Mary Quaint. She was a she was a bad one. Um, I want to say that she said at one point. Uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm getting confused with somebody else, but I want to say that she said the point of of her clothing was to uh, get a man to want to take them off as quickly as possible um, with the enticement of of the scantily designed clothing that she was designing. Um, maybe I'm mixing that up with another fashion designer, but the point being the fashion designers, they know what they're doing. They are overtly sexualizing the clothing and uh, it's it's not good. Um so we we do live in a world that has no shame. You mentioned Jeremiah six fifteen, were they ashamed when they committed abomination? No, they were not at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. A uh, world that has lost the ability to blush on this. You know, we sadly just just out and about. You know, going to Walmart or you know seeing billboards on the side of the interstate, um, the movies that we watch, et cetera. Uh, we don't even bat an eye at immodesty anymore as as a society because we're just so used to seeing it and and the devil has desensitized us to it mm-hmm. i want to read an article from brother rob whitaker that uh, he posted on his personal facebook page so if you're friends with rob whitaker um, i'm not going to read the whole article but if you're facebook friends with him you can go and and i believe it was posted in june of uh, 2023 you can maybe scour his facebook page and find it it was an excellent article probably the best article i've read on this subject and. uh David and I were commenting under that Facebook feed, and that's how uh, we we decided we were going to cover this on the podcast uh, for, for this season. But uh, Brother Rob writes, uh, public na- nakedness has been normalized. It is very sad to see it among the people of God. He says, I looked back at an article I wrote while full-time preaching. I thought it might be useful as Christians seek to deal with an ever-growing wicked and sinful culture. The name of the article that Brother Rob Whitaker wrote is Bringing Out the Ruler. As our nation drifts further and further from God, the temptation to compromise on modesty grows stronger and stronger. Parents will be tested in the department stores and in their own homes as they battle a culture that has no problem with public nakedness. Even worse, compromise, watered-down preaching, and just plain ignorance has filled Churches of Christ on the subject of modesty. He uh, goes on a little further in the article. He says, since the very beginning of time, God has spoken about how he desires his people to be clothed. Adam and Eve clothed themselves with fig leaves and hid from God because they were naked. In response, you know, God didn't just accept uh, what they had sewn together with the fig leaves. No, in response, God made coats of skins to cover them. The Hebrew word for coats is, uh, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing this properly, but ore." Uh, And it means a covering from shoulder to knee. Naked or nakedness is mentioned no less than 100 times in the scriptures. Sounds to me like it's not a matter of opinion, David. (laughs) The scriptures mention nakedness 100 times, uh, give or take. Uh, Modesty, it, it goes down a little further. Modesty is not a matter of personal preference. What I think or feel is modest or immodest is not relevant. Proverbs 14, verse 12 says, There is a way which seems right to a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. In other words, it's not up to what we think. Modesty is not abrogated due to special situations. Weddings, beaches, lakes, parties, vacations, sports, work, or recreation do not permit one to display public nakedness. If you choose to change your clothes to accommodate a changing venue, please don't take off your Christianity. I love that. That's a great statement. Amen. He uh, goes down a little further. He says, first, godly attire always covered the thighs of a man and a woman. Exodus 28, verses 40 through 43. Isaiah 47, verses 1 through 3. The thigh is not hard to define for KFC. (laughs) Can't help (laughs) but chuckle at that, but that is such a great point. Uh, He says, it is joint to joint. If restaurants define thighs like some Christians, they would go out of business. <laughs> what a point. What a point. Yeah. Um, second, God calls the exposure of one's breast nakedness. Ezekiel 16, verses 7 through 8. Third, the uncovering of the buttocks is a shame. Isaiah 20, verse 4. You talk about no shame. I mean, some of mm-hmm. these shorts that, that people are wearing today, they literally have cheeks showing. <laughs> we'll say it that mm-hmm. way. It's, it's crazy. I yeah. just don't. I don't understand how people have lost this much shame. Uh, Furthermore, clothing must cover our nakedness at all times. Moses admonished Israel, "Neither shalt thou go up by steps unto my altar, that thy nakedness be not discovered thereon." Exodus twenty, verse twenty-six. In other words, hey, uh, the the clothing might be long enough to cover the thigh uh, in all situations, except if you're going up steps, then then somebody mm-hmm. below can see where they're not supposed to be seeing. So you've got to even be careful with that. Uh, he says, what might be modest while standing or walking may be immodest while sitting or bending. And that's something that's overlooked a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, the New Testament writers admonish ladies to be discreet and chaste and to adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety. Titus 2, verse five, First 1 Timothy 2, verse 9. Uh, you helped us. In defining some of those terms uh, earlier. And uh, the article goes on. But again, uh, if our listeners are friends with uh, Brother Rob Whitaker on Facebook, you can go and read the rest of that. Truly a really, really good article on yeah. uh, the problem of immodesty. David, as we're kind of getting ready to wrap up fairly soon, I want to ask you this Does modesty apply to both
1: males and females? Short answer is yes. Uh, and, you know, it would be inconsistent for us to say, well, this only applies, you know, with what you wear to women. Uh, It's okay for men to walk around without a shirt on, you know, and exposing themselves, but it's not okay for women. That's inconsistent. Right. Uh, and I would like to add, you know, aren't all men and women Christians, uh, you know, Exodus 28, Exodus 28, 40 through 43, that was referenced in uh, Rob's article, you know, that was directed to the priest. And who are the priests today? According to 1 Peter 2, 5, and also all, verse number 9. Right, all Christians. All Christians are priests. And so I believe there's a a principle that we can learn from that since we are priests today, Christians are priests. First Peter two five mentions that we are to bring up spiritual sacrifices, and verse number nine emphasizes that we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. And what what is a good way for us to show or to demonstrate that we are holy, set apart? And That's a, by what we wear
0: and a peculiar people, you know, yes. strange. And you know, we should look strange compared to the world around us. Why are you clothed so? So much, you know, so well, don't you know, it's hot out here? Well, it is, but I'm not going to take off my modesty. Um, No, that's a, that's a great point. Uh, Modesty is a subject for both men and women. Um, And, you know, a skin tight muscle shirt. uh, I'll say, you know, I go, I go work out all the time and I want to show everybody my muscles. Why? Well, probably because of my own pride and, and wanting Mm -hmm. to have people look at me. so I'm going to wear this skin tight muscle shirt. Well, no, that's, that's immodest. Yeah. and it's inappropriate and that would dare i say even be uh sexually enticing for uh for young ladies and so we should not be doing that as men. Um I want to read the results of a survey that I did when I was preparing to preach a sermon one time uh, the the aforementioned sermon about uh uh the beauty that should be versus you know immodesty. Um this was a survey I think I conducted it in 2021 about 30 men responded. Not a huge number, but actually more than I expected would respond to the survey, so I was glad for the 30 that did. I asked several questions. Number one, is the subject of modesty adequately and frequently covered in most pulpits of the Church of Christ today? Eighty percent of respondents said no. Was the subject of modesty adequately and frequently covered uh, in most pulpits in the Church of Christ in decades gone by? Uh, 20% said yes. The other 80% said either no or they were unsure. Uh, Whose responsibility is it primarily to teach young people about modesty? 96% said it was the parents. I think the parents definitely need to to be teaching that to their (laughs) kids. Uh, Interestingly, not one respondent said the pulpit preacher or the youth minister or the Bible class teacher. Should preachers and youth ministers and Bible class teachers be teaching kids these things, of course, but that's supplemental. the The parents really need to be teaching these things by their own actions as well as from God's word. Um, one respondent said, the older women in the church should be teaching uh, this. and I think that idea comes from Titus chapter two
1: mm-hmm. verses
0: three through five. The older women, likewise, that they may be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things that they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, uh, which is a type of modesty, that mm. the word of God may not be blasphemed. So that's that's crucial as well. Comments regarding males and females. You know, we just mentioned that. Does modesty apply to males just as much as it does to females? Ninety-seven percent agreed. They said yes. Uh, do men have the personal responsibility to control themselves as it pertains to lust, Regardless of what women around them are wearing, 100% said yes. Um, Some comments about those struggling with lust. I asked this point blank. Do you currently struggle with lusting after those of the opposite sex? Four respondents said yes, very much so. Fifteen said yes, but uh, somewhat infrequently. Seven said that they used to struggle but no longer do. Only four out of the 30 said that they don't struggle. With lust, If you answered yes or used to struggle to the previous question, would you agree that the way that most females dress nowadays has made your struggle with lust more difficult? 80% said yes. Do you believe that most females do not understand how much of a stumbling block female immodesty can be towards males? 83% said yes. Why do you think the Bible primarily addresses lust from the male perspective? And this is a true statement. The Bible mainly addresses lust for males and modesty for females. That doesn't mean that they don't both apply for both sexes. They do both apply for males and females. But the Bible addresses lust mainly for for males and modesty mainly for females. You can see Matthew 5, verses 27 through 28, Job 31, verse 1, 1 Timothy 2, verse 9, Titus 2, verse 5, 1 Peter 3, verses 3 and 4, etc., Here's what their responses were because of the difference in the psychological. And I would also add the physiological makeup of men and women. Uh, One said, this is the general rule, but it's not concrete. Sure. That's, that's fair. Uh, One said, because that's the difference in men and women. One said that men are typically visual. Another said, lust is something more prevalent in males. Uh, Another said, good question. (laughs) And that. That's kind of funny. Uh, Good question. Uh, Another one said, males have a tendency to be visual. They think and act on things that they can see. Another said, that is likely what each gender struggles with the most, though both could struggle with either. Again, fair point. Another said, because speaking in generalities, men tend to struggle with lust and women tend to struggle with wanting to be looked at. Then I said, uh, Please list some examples of types of clothing worn by ladies that have tempted you to lust. Again, this is a survey of 30 men. So that's why that question Uh, one said leggings, short skirts, uh, short shirts, uh, crop tops and short dresses. Another said yoga pants, very scant, tight clothing, very loose clothing that gapes and reveals when bending over, sitting or leaning. Another said leggings, Daisy Dukes, which is the colloquial term for you know extremely short shorts. Another said yoga pants, tight pants, tight tops, tops that show cleavage, tops that reveal the top of the chest, short shorts, uh, tank tops. Another said short shorts, yoga pants, tight clothing. Another said bikinis, skimpy dresses, mini skirts and short shorts. Five out of those six mentioned leggings or yoga pants, mm-hmm. uh, which are not pants at all um a lot of a lot of ladies think there's no problem with the extremely form fitting tight yoga pants or or leggings um by the way jeans can be way too tight too uh, mm-hmm. conway twitty sang a song about it about yeah. tight fitting jeans and it was very clear what he was talking about in that in that uh song yeah. he was talking about sex appeal right and so uh we need to be careful even with with Genes not being too tight. Uh, talking about stumbling blocks, do you believe that most females do not understand how much of a stumbling block female immodesty can be? Toward males, 83% said yes. Uh, what are some things that need to be covered in a sermon Bible class on modesty? Uh, male responsibility to own his own emotions instead of placing all the blame on the female. Sure, that's, that's valid. Another said, who and what is defined as modest? Uh, another said stumbling block aspect of modesty, also the timelessness of modesty. It's not a cultural problem. Yep, that's right. Uh, the importance of understanding the self and our own responsibility and helping each other equally, especially males helping women see their true self-worth. That's mm-hmm. a good point. Uh, men and modesty. Many times we focus on women dressing modestly but neglect to teach the males about modest dress. That's a good point, uh, and we've covered that. Uh, Another said, I don't think women understand that even good guys, quote unquote, men struggle with lusting. Every male has this desire and the clothes that are considered normal today are too immodest. Also, as a man, a modestly dressed woman is much more attractive than a scantily clad woman is, uh, is what one one person said. You know, true attractiveness. Uh, Another person said purity of the mind. And another one said standards for dress, specifically lengths and tightness of garments, also not being flamboyant and attention seeking uh, the responsibility not to lust as well as not to be a stumbling block. I think those are very well balanced answers and important when it comes to this discussion of modesty. Last question, and then we'll wrap up our thoughts for this uh, this week. If you could tell ladies who dress immodestly one thing, what would you tell them? A group of 30 guys, and here are some of their responses. Respect yourself and see yourself as God sees you. Another said, consider one another. Another said, again, very similarly, please consider others. Another said, if Jesus were here, would you still dress like that? Another said, you are worth more than your body. Another says, Uh, Think about your father, your brothers, your husband, and your sons when you are dressing. Another one said, uh, which is more important, your public image or your soul? Another said, we should try to help each other get to heaven, and dressing immodestly makes it hard for men to be faithful Christians. And then finally, one more, if you only knew how difficult my struggle is, I believe you would change. Pretty powerful responses uh, in that survey, and I hope that all who are listening to this episode will uh, take it to heart, both male and female. We need to be dressing in such a way that we're not stumbling blocks to those around us, and what if we're stumbling blocks even to those around us who are not Christians as well? Uh, We don't need to be stumbling blocks to them either and and, uh, be a reason for them not to see anything different about us. And therefore, well, there's nothing different about you. So why would I, why would I come to know the Lord? We need to make sure, and uh, not that not allow that to be a, a problem in our lives either. David, do you have any final thoughts as we, uh, kind of wrap this up? Do you have any maybe one piece of advice for both males and females when it comes to this subject?
1: Well, uh, I enjoyed hearing that survey, and a couple of scriptures came to mind: Philippians two, three, and four. You know, Paul says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. So looking out for others, being concerned about others' well-being. Uh, and then 1 Corinthians six nineteen and 20, you know, Paul's talking in the context of fornication, uh, but he makes the point that, you know, you have been bought with a price, verse 20. And what is his admonition? Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You know, we as Christians, we belong to Christ and we're to glorify. And and what we wear, is that not a major integral part of our bodies? And so we we need to keep that in mind. So remember who we are.
0: Yeah, right. We need to present ourselves the right way. Uh, Present ourselves a living sacrifice before before God, uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2. So um, very important subject uh, and often overlooked subject, unfortunately, not a fun subject to preach on, but we've got to preach on it as ministers, uh, David and I. So appreciate everybody tuning in for this first episode of season six of the Everyday Christian podcast. Lord willing, uh, next week, we're going to go into a study of 1 John, and much of our study this season on the podcast is going to be 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and jude as well as we wrap up our uh discussion of the general epistles you might remember from previous seasons we've covered james and first and second peter as well but anyways looking forward to covering that this season on the podcast and uh lord willing we will return next week and kick off that particular study thank you um thank you i almost wanted to call you james uh thank you david it is james david isn't it or david james David James. David James. There you go. But I appreciate you, David, for for helping us out this week. And you did a great job and and always appreciate your friendship and and the work that you do for the Lord.
1: Appreciate it as well.
0: Tune in next week to the Everyday Christian Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please
1: visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.